I believe we're live. Excuse me, my mic was off there. I'm going to wait for that little red button on Rockfin before, um, before I, I get into this for sure. we got a special guest for you tonight with uh, uh, some of the best information you're going to get about this case. Somebody who has dealt with these legal challenges, who knows what he's talking about, who has uh, uh, uncovered stuff that nobody in the media likes to talk about. There's that little red button there. And we are live across all platforms, Rockfin, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter. This is the Propaganda Report. Uh, I am Brad Binkley. I, too, have been detained, have been arrested and detained at the Fulton County Detention Center wrongfully, just like President Trump has. Something a judge apologized to me for over a year later. I, too, have had my mugshot taken after being wrongfully arrested. I, too, have dealt with the not-so-kind behavior of the authorities in charge at the Fulton County Detention Center when I spent a full evening there that night. And I'm not the only one who has been wrongfully arrested and detained at the Fulton County Detention Center, nor am I the only one who's been wrongfully arrested and and detained across this entire country. There are thousands of people who many of them probably never would have imagined voting for Trump, who now probably feel a certain sense of solidarity with the former president, seeing him being taken in and treated in the same manner and such an obvious bogus charges as they had. And every time they do this, he gets stronger. Maybe that's part of a PSYOP. Everything's part of the PSYOP these days, but if they are trying to take Trump down with this, then they're doing an awful job of it because nothing is going to make people who are in the Fulton County Detention Center want to vote for Trump more than putting Trump in the Fulton County Detention Center. Now, that begs the question for me. When this indictment first came down, I said, if Trump wants to end the election before it even starts, he needs to go, and he's doing this at night, so I'm wondering, I doubt it, but I'm wondering if this is actually happening. He needs to go to the Fulton County Detention Center and say, I'm here, I'm here, arrest me, I'd like to stay the night, and stay a full night in Fulton County Jail and arrange to have it filmed or arrange to interview the, the, the people he was in with that night, and he just needs to mingle and get to know and talk to all of the people who are locked up alongside of him that night, and then just cut 30-second ads off of that, and it's over. It's over before we even reach 2024. If Trump does something, Joe Biden, you know what the images of Joe Biden, you see Trump mentioned this last night in his, his interview with Tucker, is Joe Biden on a beach with his old man boobs sitting there, with Dr. Jill, while Hunter Biden is off jerking it in a selfie cam doing cocaine, that, that is not anything that relates to anybody on this planet besides these elitists. You see Trump being pulled in wrongfully in the prison, it's, it's over. Stay the whole night, Trump, I'm telling you. It, 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 you will, I mean, he's probably going to win anyway. But I'm going to bring in my special guest. I, I'm getting worked up for this. I'm not somebody who, I don't typically vote for the, the president race because I think it's all a fraud. But the more this stuff happens... The, the more it's like, it's starting to make me waver. I, I've been pretty strong on that, but it's starting to make me waver on it. And to talk to us is Voter GA's Garland Favrito, who has worked on these voter challenges in Georgia, still voter challenges open, which is something that just baffles me. How can you have, how can you have an indictment that is based entirely on a, an election being 100% fraud-free when there's still open cases in the state that you're bringing the indictment. It just boggles the mind the way they've weaponized the justice system. Garland, 
Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Welcome. Hey, thank you, uh, Brad. We've got uh, interesting timing on this as, you know, Trump's pulling up uh, in Atlanta uh, near the uh, Fulton County Jail right now. Yes, he uh, is. We, um, so to your point, uh, you know, this whole case, uh, 19 people have charged, not just Trump. And it's all about uh, what uh, racketeering. And in order to have racketeering, this whole thing uh, hinges on the fact that there has to be some crime and some criminal enterprise, uh, which doesn't exist. Uh, you know, the, right. the whole thing uh, is based on trying to claim that there was no fraud, errors, and irregularities in the 2020 election. Once that myth is blown up uh, in court, the whole uh, racketeering thing uh, will be exposed for what it really is. And we're going to have a press conference on this Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. It'll be posted on VoterJ.org events tab. Uh, we're going to announce it tomorrow. Haven't announced it yet, so this is breaking news for you, Brad, Brad tonight. But we're going to go through this 41-count uh, indictment uh, pretty much point by point and expose all the flaws in it. And, and what are some of those flaws in this indictment? I, I So from... For me, one of the things that, that you can do with a, a racketeering charge is anything, something called an overt act under criminal law. An overt act is, it, it, it is something that is in furtherance of a conspiracy. So by itself, it's legal. But then when you connect it to the grand scheme, they call us conspiracy theorists, right? When you connect it to the grand scheme of other overt acts, it is evidence that can be introduced into court of uh, furtherance of a conspiracy. You can be tying your freaking shoe and they could say he was signaling to the person across the street that the election was stolen by the way it was a, it was a dog whistle, you know, by the way he tied his shoe. That is an overt act and therefore evidence. What else is bogus in this indictment? Well, um, a lot of it hinges on this whole uh, thing that I think we have actually discussed on your show before, uh, Binkley. But it's this whole premise of uh, that the uh, they had no right as electors to uh, do what they did. The and fake elector I, thing they call it, right? That's that's a bogus fake, term they made up. Right. The the, the fake elector thing, and um, <clears throat> I'm going to send you a slide on this, which I forgot to send you earlier. But um, the the it whole thing, a lot of it, it depends on particularly on the. Uh, some of the other indictments, but it depends on on this whole thing, this electric thing being something that was wrong. In reality, I think we talked about this on your show last time. What the electors did in Georgia is exactly the same thing that what happened in Hawaii in 1960, when uh, Richard Nixon won three electoral votes for president. The JFK electors objected. They filed their paperwork. Uh, in Washington, D.C., as well as in, with the state. They preserved their right for the electors. The case went to trial, and uh, JFK actually won. Uh, the electors won, and they were allowed to have the three electoral votes in Hawaii. There is virtually nothing different between that precedent and uh, what Georgia did uh, in, here in 2020. So, uh, that that's one of the big things. That and, that, and that's is, like that's very clear, too, when you look at the law, just like it's very obvious and, and clear when you look at the law that Mike Pence, 
there was a law that did allow him to to do what Trump was asking him to do on, on January 6th. But they say, no, 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 that was unconstitutional and illegal. And then after Trump got out of office, they made a they changed the law. To, exactly. to then, right. So th- they they just lie to people and the people they lie to love they, it feeds their confirmation bias and it, it's like it's it's weird it's like uh it's like when you're sad your girlfriend breaks up with you and you want to go eat a bunch of chocolate ice cream it just feels so good even though it's so wrong and bad for you you don't even want to think maybe this isn't good and people don't have any reason to go challenge the the facts that are just making them feel so awesome which is fueling their hate of trump and it's all just bogus lies it's baffling to me well right and so uh binkley what Fannie Willis has done is that she's proven that this is just not about Trump, uh, even though, of course, that's what right. the main thing we're seeing tonight. It's not questioning but, the government. They don't want you to, to question go, Right. To go after what she did was she went after 18 more yep. of her political adversaries and it's, in an attempt yeah. to bankrupt the opposition – uh, and try to do as best that she can to damage and destroy uh, the opposition uh, to her political party, which is the Democrats. So yep. that that's the flaw, and that's why there's no crime in it. Uh, there is just uh, a a political uh, vendetta, and uh, we want we're going to talk to all that on Tuesday uh, when we do our press conference. What, and so in your press conference, you're going to be going through the indictment and, and laying out for people point by point why it's there's no right. legal basis in it. There's 41 counts, one of which is actually missing. She rushed this out and the whole racketeering count, which is count one, is not even in the indictment. Uh, it's it's hilarious. And she had to rush it out on Monday night. <laughs> uh, and apparently because somebody in D.C. told her to rush it out. So uh, they, they had to cover for um, the, all the neg- negativity that Hunter Biden uh, was, was causing. So um, that, that's what's crazy about this in comparison. The, they just try to protect Hunter Biden. Joe's on the beach. And, and then anybody who just has any sense to pause and ask questions about something recognizes what's going on here. It, it, I mean, this is it's hard to see. What like we look at history and we look at uh, uh, coups and look at corrupt governments and it's just so easy to see historically because we weren't there. But when you're right in the middle of such corruption, it it, it can be difficult to really get a bird's eye view of. But I think historically, once exposed, this is Biden's going to end up being one of the most corrupt uh, uh, regimes in in history for what's going on right now. Well, right, and and these two things are not coming from Biden. Of course, they had the January sixth Jack Smith deal. That sure. came from Biden. Yeah. But you have this here in um, Georgia, but also you have in Michigan the uh, corrupt attorney yep. general there, Dana Nessler, who in- indicted the her opposition, Matt DiPerno, yep. one of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet. And she's trying to claim, I think we talked about this on your show, she's trying to claim that he tricked the judge into allowing yeah. a forensic examination. Right. And so, so she's yeah, yeah. going after Matt and Stephanie Lambert. 
That's uh, and that's important. Like right, so that's that was her political opponent, right? He ran against her and she won. And just in the same situation, well, Biden ran against Trump. And I know Fannie Willis is Fulton County, but this stuff is all. Uh, Fannie Willis very, very much has more aspirations. I call her Fannie. I don't call her Fannie like everybody else. There's a, a Trump's being attacked by a black Fannie in Georgia right now. That everybody needs to, needs to understand. But this uh, um, this guy in Michigan, I looked into that a little bit, and the way they present the story, it's very confusing. They make it sound like they. They, they s- secretly stole the voting machines and then they pried into them with a crowbar in a dirty hotel and they tried to manipulate the vote. When what happened is they requested to get them from the court, they were given to them by a clerk, and then they were, they were investigating them for fraud after the election. But the way they report the story, they try to make people think that they were doing this during the election to change the outcome. Yeah, um, and I don't know if how much of that is media and how much of that is in the uh, actual indictment because I haven't read it yet. <clears throat> it's hard to keep up with just what's going on in Georgia, much less Michigan. Uh, but right. it, it's, it, it, that was absurd. And see, between that one and this one, um, what this is all about, they've proven, uh, you know, without the brag, it was, it was about Trump. But now it's about you and me. So the most important thing we can learn uh, today and also as what's happening in Michigan is they're not just coming after Trump. They're coming after everyone who believes the way that he believes. They're coming after you. They're coming after me. And they're coming after all of the listeners uh, on on the propaganda report, as well as all the other uh, organizations that are out there. Um, This is uh, brown shirts reincarnated. And uh, that's why everybody is rising up. And as you said, I think earlier, uh, the more indictments they throw at Trump, the more uh, popularity and the higher those ratings uh, tend to go. Absolutely. And I would even extend it further. They, they're coming after all of us, but they're also going after the people who are supporting this and, and celebrating it. And they don't realize it because it, it goes beyond just an ideological alignment or, or uh, uh, picking one side or, or another. They're going after the ability to actually question what your government says, because if you compare the two indictments, the uh, Jack Wells, you know, Trump does such a great job at just nailing uh, um, nicknames like he, he, he's basically like, he's Jack Day's a thug. He's, and every image you see of him, mean, he looks like a he looks like a thug. Like no, no more. And I've never seen a guy look so much like a thug than Jack Smith. And Trump always nails those nicknames. But the, his indictment versus Fannie Willis indictment, he lists the reasons why Trump knew he he willfully lied because he knew. And the reason that we know that he knew is because the intelligence agencies told him the same intelligence agencies that told us that the Hunter Biden laptop was earmark of Russian disinformation, started all that stuff. Uh Pence told him who knew he was going to run against him four years later, and Pence isn't going to go down with Trump. And it's just a bunch of government officials who uh, the only thing they've ever done consistently is lie to us. And they're telling us because these career deceivers told Trump that the uh, uh, election was the most secure in American history. Literally, the Jack Smith indictment says the reason Trump should know is because the uh, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency said that it was the most secure election in American history, which is the most insulting thing that I've ever heard in my life. I'd love to see the comparison between the 1770 or every, every election starting in the late 1700s all the way up through 1800, 1900. There's no way to compare that. And they would tell you, I mean, this is what, 
uh, uh, Kim Jong-un tells his people. I, sometimes I think that the people in North Korea see videos of us and go, oh, those Americans, they're so brainwashed with, with the stuff that they tell us. It's crazy. And so Fannie Willis, so you, you got like eight people that are listed or eight groups as to why Trump should believe it. Then Fannie Willis, you have like uh, 18 people plus 30 unindicted co-conspirators, almost 50 people who say that told Trump that there, there was some election fraud. Yet, if you choose to believe the 50 over the, the eight, you're committing a crime. Well, I mean, it's all manufactured for political purposes. You're right, um, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Everything in this indictment is manufactured point by point. Uh, there, you know, just to give you a couple of examples, um, Brad, you asked for before. Uh, they have uh, accused many people. I think a dozen of these indictments have to do with false statements and writings. So we went through each one of them, and we found that. Quite a few of the statements they claim are false are actually true. But, <laughs> but even if they weren't true, the United States Constitution protects free speech. So uh, you can make a false statement uh, because you have free speech, even if you find out later it's not uh, yeah. right. So you'd have to knowingly and willfully uh, and unlawfully make such a false statement. And that, uh, you know, it's obvious that uh, Donald Trump or any one of the others who are accused, which is quite a few, did not knowingly, willfully, or unlawfully make a false statement. This is just crazy stuff. Um, and uh, you know, and and again, free, you know, and again, here's the thing: Marxists don't believe in free speech, nope. and this is what we're seeing. They want to shut down the opposition, and and so that they cannot speak. And now you want, they want to arrest the opposition so that they can win elections for now and forever. And they want to make sure that they can protect cheating so that if they can't win at the ballot box, they can steal the election. Yeah. And that is really what all this is about, is to shut down anybody challenging election, even though this is you know, all the ele alternate electors as historical presidents dating all the way back to 1876 of the when Hayes and Tilden first had their first disputed election. Um, and, and so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut down all opposition, all question of elections so that they can continually to secretly count ballots yeah. and continually announce winners without the people of the United States of America being able to do a single thing about it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so I, I've told you about this book before, and I, I recommend people you can I think you can find it if you if you search it and then you type PDF with it. I think it'll show up on the Internet archives, but it's by the Rand Corporation, which I know they they're involved in propaganda, too. But this book is called The Organizational Weapon, and it, it documents the Bolshevik strategy to uh, uh, exploit uh, democracy it by to and the, the the loopholes in democracy to bring people in to and weaponize them into these mass groups of people this which is exactly what we're seeing right now uh that gives them the power to just violate the constitution like they're doing right now the the only reason that they're able to get away with with stuff like this is because there is enough people who believe them 
who don't lift a finger to actually read the indictments and actually read the law. I, I think it's far less people than they would have us believe because they control the media apparatus. And it's, it's like the, uh, the art of war. If you're small, project yourself as big. I think they're much smaller than they say that they are. But I also encounter friends sometimes who will just like almost reflexively, just like, you know, I, I, I might, if I walked, if I'm walking my dog and I see a snake pop out, I jump. It, it, they, they react that way to Trump. It's like if you, uh, Trump, they go, oh, my, uh, you know, uh, January 6th. I'm like, oh, you need to just stop and take a breath. And, and they've just fractured the brains of so many people and made them un- unable to think. And it all relies on that. If everybody just took a step back and if everybody realized that the divide and conquer strategy that pits everyone against each other is, is, is and always has been the plan for conquering society, then people would realize that they fear us they're afraid of us and that the only thing that enables their power is fucking brainwashing us. I'm sorry for swearing. This stuff just pisses me off, man. I, I, Fannie Willis is – this is a power-seeking uh, con artist. She has spent the past six however many months just wasting the taxpayer money. Not only that, not only wasting our taxpayer money, bringing in these, these uh, lawyers who were advising Trump and charging them hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bail. This is a big con game going on here. Yeah, so you made a key point. I just want to emphasize one more time. Uh, and uh, you were quite emotional about that. So <laughs> I just want to, I want to make sure we Thank got you. this point. But you said that, the, and I, I'm trying to paraphrase what you said, but when you mentioned that the point here is to divide and conquer and keep us fighting amongst one, uh, one another, that is why they don't want honest, transparent elections. Because if there's honest, transparent elections, everyone knows who yes. won and everyone can agree on who won. And if the Republicans lost, they know they lost. The Democrats lost, they know they're lost. They don't want that. That's why they want to continually count secret ballots and announce the winners and make sure that we cannot do anything about it because that's what keeps the people divided and fighting against each other. So I thought that was a great point. I just wanted to double down on it. Yes. Thank you. I can get uh, long winded when I get emotional. (laughs) That was good. That was really good. I definitely appreciate that. I love Uh, this emotion, man. You're just flowing tonight. We have have frightened me. It says, uh, hey, guys, uh, congrats to you on uh, your recent win. What's he referring to? Oh, so th- thank you for mentioning that. So, so speaking of corrupt Fulton County um, uh, attorneys, you're not going to believe this one. So we had an election board challenge, school board district seven. The uh, judge, we we made uh, a couple of mistakes in court. We had our, our regular attorney was not there, and um, uh, as a result. Uh, the judge, well, he was not there until he was late. As a result, with our uh, substitute attorney, we ended up losing a case. And they, uh, after winning, uh, prevailing in the election challenge, then Fulton County, a, an attorney named Kay Burwell, turned around and sued uh, the candidate, Phil Chen, and me personally for $38,000 in attorney's fees. Yep. 
Nice. Now she put the name that the board of elections on the this this action that she made, but yeah. no one at the current board of elections when she filed this back in January approved her to do that. And in addition, so, she, so let me clarify here: she she tried to stick hit you with the the, the fees for uh, challenging. Uh, I mean, doing what you had a right to do. And she, she's trying to, I mean, this is the way they, they've been, they've been, for those of you who are newer to the show, uh, been talking to Garland for a couple of years now, and he has produced more evidence of election fraud than anybody else in the country. And every time it starts to move through the courts, he gets derailed by some, by a lack of standing, they, they'll say, or, or some process issue. Never by any, but never by the merits of what he's presenting. It's always through these tactics designed to prevent the merits from ever being analyzed. And it sounds like the, this them trying to hit you with this massive court fee is, is another one of those tactics. Well, exactly. This was a lawfare. Uh, it's the same thing you've seen going on with some of the other uh, people, you know, like John Eastman, quite a few of his attorneys. Uh, uh, Trump attorneys were indicted in this thing yeah. with Bonnie Willis. Right. Um, so not only uh, did she not have approval from a board member to do this, but then she turned around and wanted $350 for attorney's fees, even <laughs> even though they were using staff attorneys at $60 an hour. That's they wanted crazy. us to pay. She wanted us to pay $350 an yeah, hour for four attorneys. On a case that we handle, uh, really, we had, I guess you could say one and a half. Um, uh, So that was one of the uh, two of the problems. So then they go to court and we argue. uh, Well, by the way, let me do one more thing. Another attorney who was at the time who is now the election board chair in Fulton County, wrote us an email saying that we had uh, committed or had filed abusive litigation. Well, (laughs) all of this was proven to be a lie. The judge says, no, uh, you uh, certainly this was a a case that he had refused to dismiss twice because of factual evidence and the dispute over the facts. Um, But the, the nutshell is the victory came when we we replied that uh, we did not, uh, they did not have any legal standing to do what they did. Yeah. And they committed perjury when they got the original ruling. Blatantly. So that was our counter argument. And we haven't even had time. I think the video might be up on Voter GA Rumble, but we, we want to get it out uh, soon. And we want to talk about this after this all Trump indictment thing goes down. Yeah. But we ended up winning the case. The judge ruled in our favor, uh, and they did not get any attorney's fees. But we all need to take action because this is another corrupt uh, uh, set of attorneys that yeah. we have to go after. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, I went to law school for two years, which I, I probably should have finished. But uh, what I did learn there is that if you have even – the font wrong on uh, it, whatever you're presenting, whether it's an indictment or a complaint, then the court, the judge will kick it out. And I, I know people who've had uh, very good arguments kicked out, not even read because something minor was wrong. Right. And I know that um, after reading the indictment that Fonnie Willis and Jack Smith presented, 
those indictments would have gotten an F in every law school course that I ever took. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They are just empowered to do this just so fraudulently, fraudulently because they know that the, uh, the, the mechanisms of power are, are on their side. And what that, that, for a lot of people, it can almost feel uh, blackpilling uh, like that. But what I would tell them is follow Garland. Follow Garland's work. Because uh, Garland's like the, you know, like the remedy to a black pill because you have, un, you have actually produced so much that even though they have railroaded you at every corner, you have continued to – you follow the process. You, you're not – you never had an agenda. I tell people all the time. I first met Garland like in 2017 because he's been doing this far longer than Trump uh, you know, was in the political spotlight. You, sure. you believed John Ossoff. Had, had gotten the election stolen from him. So you're about election integrity. You're not about, not about the left or the right. So if you want to actually dig into the details and understand what's going on, follow Garland's work, VoterGA, VoterGA.org or .com? Uh, .org, however the .com will take you to .org. Yes, so, so, fo- so follow him. It's not gonna, you're not going to get the sensational, crazy stuff that you're going to get from the mainstream media. You're going to actually get stuff that will help you understand what's going on and, and the, the, the way that our rights are being taken away from us through this facade that is ongoing. Do you think, so you're presenting this stuff that is going to pick holes in this indictment. Like, for me... The indictments are so obviously fraudulent and empty that it's almost a statement of power. We will indict you knowing that we have nothing just to show you how powerful we are and how, how much we know we can manipulate a jury. I think Trump will probably get convicted. It'll probably get reversed on appeals. But do you think that there's a, a good case to, to get – I mean, I think Fonnie Willis sh- should be indicted for this. I, I think Jack Smith should be indicted. I, this is the, one of the biggest crimes, at least in my lifetime, the biggest – uh, uh, nationwide crime I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, there's no difference between America today and a communist, fascist, or third world banana republic uh, country. We have digressed to the point where rule of law means nothing any, <laughs> right. anymore. Uh, but you are absolutely right about the the legal thing. If you have the font right, you have to have Times New Roman 14 yep. point font. Mm-hmm. And, and here we have an indictment where the whole first count is missing. If you go to uh, the the indictment is up on the voterga.org legal tab, and I would encourage everybody to go out there, call it up, and go to page 71 where the acts end. The next page is 72. It has the first count, and you can see it is count two, not count one. So the entire racketeering count has been left out of the indictment. Uh, I, I just find that absolutely fascinating. That's how sloppy and thrown together this thing was. Yeah. Well, maybe she was hanging out with a gang gang member that uh, we've heard rumors that she's been again. So I know that there's a story in the Rolling Stones. I actually saw that story. Is, is there more you think to that, or is that just a uh, little, uh, uh, you know, little gamemanship? Yeah, no, I think there's something to it, but we I, we've been focusing the last couple of days on the actual since the indictment was came out yeah. on the actual fallacies in the indictment right. from a legal perspective. Which is and, why I lo- which is why I love you because it's so fact, easy to focus on that other stuff that's not you can't easily prove. So you can bring us back to a centered place. Yeah, it's pretty easy to prove that this indictment has no basis in facts and law. Yeah, that's not that hard. What do you think there's a uh, what would happen? So I know there's been some um, 
a couple people, I can't remember who it was, have filed something to like a challenge uh, Fonnie Willis. I don't know if it's the indictment. I know there's there's been some filings against her based on this. Is there a possibility that she could be, you know, they could halt this whole thing because of this? Or I don't know if you know anything about the judge. The judge is, uh, I mean, I could I could talk for a long time about how this is the worst. Even though this guy might look like somebody who would favor Trump and might seem like a right winger, is the worst possible judge, even worse than the one who's uh, you know convicted all the January six people. But is, is there any chance of getting any of this stuff uh, slowed down? Well, I'm I'm sure the Trump team is going to and, and the other um, <coughs> the other defendants are going to make a variety of motions. Yeah. Um, and um, the, I'm not, there's no telling what they all might be, but uh, there's probably going to be, yes, it's probably going to be a really, really slow walk. Uh, you know, it could be years right. um, for right. all we know. You know about the judge, right? Do you, do you know anything about his background? No, I haven't had a chance to research the judge yet. I'll tell you about the judge. So the judge, you know, his name slips my mind at the minute, but it'll come to me. He's, he's 34, 35 years old. This is the first time he's ever been a judge. He was in the Federalist Society when he was in college. He went to UGA. Uh, and uh, I can't remember what the other school he went to, but he was appointed. He didn't, he didn't win his, uh, his seat. He was appointed by Brian Kemp when another judge in Fulton County stepped down. So you have all of these judges, like I think there's like 19 of them that are on the bench in Fulton County uh, on the circuit. And he was the one who got selected. And he's I, the only one who did not win election, right? And so next year, he's up for election. So you have a guy here who he, he's completely bald. He looks like, I mean, you could plug him into a Klan meeting and you would, he'd be a perfect, if you're casting a movie, he'd be the perfect Klan leader. So he looks like he's a, an extreme right winger. He was appointed by Brian Kemp. I'm Brian Kemp and I sound Southern, even though Brian Kemp is CNN and MSNBC's favorite Republican. I mean, they love him because Brian Kemp, I don't know what happened to him. I think he probably got threatened on November 4th, uh, a couple of years ago, 2021, after what happened with his uh, daughter's, I, I don't know. Harrison, Gibson, Deal. Yeah. Harrison Deal's car blew up um, uh, at, in Pooler, Georgia, on I-16. Uh, flames went 100 feet in the air. Uh, I don't know how an accident uh, I don't either. does that. So, uh, you know, you know what I found out about? So, like... When that first happened, my instinct was to say it probably was an accident, and I'm not going to go conspiratorial. Like I, it, that's hap that happened three years ago almost, and up until a couple weeks ago, I I, I resisted the conspiratorial angle until Fanny Fanny Willis's indictment came out, and I saw they listed out the tweets that Trump made at Brian Kemp the day before that happened. The day before that happened, Trump was tweeting at Brian Kemp uh, about how he needs to conduct. Uh, an audit, a full audit uh, of the election there. And, and at that point in time, Brian Kemp had been, you know, open to the possibility of, he, he did not make a full turn uh, against all of that. He did not make a full Brad Raffensperger, the most corrupt person in the state of Georgia. He, he didn't go full Raffensperger until after that day. Trump tweeted that at him November 3rd, November 4th. This happened to her, to his daughter's boyfriend. And ever since then, he's been a different person. Well, that's right, because that was when he was supposed to do the indict the um, special session. And suddenly he indicated that he was probably only to that. Suddenly after Harrison Deal turned up dead yeah. uh, he and the GBI 
investigator was also found dead in his home. Suddenly, Brian Kemp's tune was quite a bit different. Wait, what's the GBI investigator? I don't think I'm familiar. James O'Sullivan. And that was on the same day? Not on the same day. It was just a few days later. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, there might be other explanations for it. Uh, you know, coincidences, whatever. It just, he seems to make a turn. And, and so they have this guy, this judge, who they can say, well, you know, he didn't do, he, he was appointed by a Republican governor. He's obviously a Republican. He was in, in the Federalist Society and he's overseeing this trial. And yet he has to win election. So he's up for election 2024 in Stacey Abrams country. There's literally a mural of Stacey Abrams in Castleberry, Georgia, in Atlanta, Fulton County, which I throw up every time I drive by. But, but, He's got to win the, the votes of all of these people in this county who, in any other circumstance, would never vote for him, ever. He'd have zero chance. And if he wants to hold on to his power, he has to demonstrate to them through this trial. This is his audition. He has to show them that he is going to do no favors for Trump, which means he's going to have to be three or four times harder on Trump than any other liberal judge would be because of the way people would perceive it if he wants any hope of holding on to a seat. This is the worst judge that Trump could have. And it's going to be a tough trial because none of it's about the facts. None of it's about the law. It's all about the perception that you can create in the mind of the jurors and of the people. So which county is he from? Uh, Binkley, do you know? I don't know where he's from. He's a Fulton okay. County judge. And, okay. and, and that's so Fulton County. You can't drive five seconds in Fulton County without seeing a Stacey Abrams sign in somebody's yard. I mean, I, like if you ever want to lose weight, just drive through Fulton County and you'll throw up every five seconds at the Stacey Abrams sign. You'll lose like 100 pounds by the time you get out of there. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't know uh, what to say about all this. It's just... Um, it's controlled at every angle. Yeah, I mean, really, we are in um, a, a case where um, we are about to lose control of America and the rule of law is what we're really fighting here. I mean, we're we have to fight for our own freedom now. Yeah, and you know, I can get like I can get emotional, obviously, but I see that. I, I, it, what makes me mad about it is it turns like people against each other, it turns friends against friends. I mean, I have a guy I used to do comedy with all the time who he spends most of his days just uh, harassing Marjorie Taylor Greene and me on Twitter. And, and I'm like, I'm, it, nobody, I used to reply to him, but, but then I realized he's just copying and pasting uh, activist talking points he got in his email because I got the same ones because I subscribed to those to, to know what's uh, going on with it. And, and it's just something has happened to his brain that, that I'm like, you're a good guy, but why is it that you're so, why do you trust these people who are so far away from you, who have just a history of, I don't trust any of them. Why do you trust them over your friends. Why don't you want to talk to your friends? Like uh, what I've been telling people lately, anybody, have you ever had a homeowners association, Garland? You're um, in, I can't say, well, actually I had one here where I live now, but it was it's disbanded. Every, so I've dealt with a lot of homeowners associations. And if you want to see a friend of yours or, you know, just go from a good person to the most corrupt person who you've ever seen encourage them 
to uh, be- to to run for a board member of the homeowners association because that that what what homeowners associations are is they are big government corruption brought to your own neighborhood because it, it's just it's fascinating how how quickly people can go corrupt when they're given an ounce of power that is unchecked and when you look at the local level at homeowners association i covered a story the other day about this homeowners association in florida two of them there's six members of it two of them are being charged criminally because they've been funneling three million dollars they've made over the past year stealing they had front organizations they were never fixing anything they were uh, giving all the money to all the people who were like vendors to come fix stuff in the neighborhood was just them it is such a fraud and they're they're going to probably go to jail and then all the other ones are being charged civilly that that's not a, a rare thing that's like probably more frequent than, than not and it just when, when people realize that they can get away with stuff and people have no oversight of it then the fraud happens unless you have like some really really good people with high integrity and then when you think about that compared to big government right so your neighbors you can actually go to their house and yet they're still uh, prone to fall into this corruption in, in, in the right circumstances. But the government, you, you can't even, you're, you're states away, you're miles away. There's so many layers between you and them that it, they can hide behind anything. So it, it, until we have the homeowners associations of America acting with full integrity at every level, there's absolutely no way you can think your government is going to be doing that. Yet people put their full trust into these, these government personalities that just say, look at that Nazi, evil, blah, blah, blah. I'm Dark Biden. I mean, what a bunch of shit, man. It makes me angry. Guard. I'm not, like, I get emotional because they turn us against each other. Like, I don't give a shit what side anybody's on. I don't care. I do not care. It, 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 what pisses me off is that, that if people just fucking realized that we're not supposed to hate each other, we're supposed to fucking oversee them. Because that's what they fear. And that's how you make America great again, as Trump would say, is we stop fighting with each other and we watch them. Yeah, the only good, the one good point about this is people are starting to wake up and they are. see what you're seeing. So uh, that is, that's good thing. It's really exciting for me. I've been a voice in the wilderness for so long. I'm not a voice in the wilderness uh, anymore. Uh, so that's, that's, that's really exciting. Uh, are you worried at all about I mean, I, I was I, I was worrying about it the other day. I was like, man, I never thought it would get this far. Um, but they clearly have no boundaries for the abuse of the law. Uh, and I started to worry about uh, are they going to go after you? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that I haven't really been worried about it, but uh, we're going to go after Fonnie Willis hard. And Fonnie right. Willis is the district attorney of Fulton yep. County, and I live in Fulton County. So yep. it becomes, you know, a district attorney can be, really arrest anybody in the county, and she's trying to arrest people that don't even live in the county uh, based on this racketeering uh, charge. Racketeering is kind of interesting because you don't really have to have all the evidence that you need to convict somebody. Right. You just have to uh, go ahead and you put the charges in and you try to develop the evidence as the case goes along. So that's kind of why yeah. she, that's one of the reasons why she's doing this. It's in search of a crime instead of. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, a prosecutor in search of a crime. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's lots of crimes out there. There's crimes in Fulton County that are going, uh, you know, we got murders and 
thefts and uh, everything has gone up 60 or 70%. Yeah. But there's also a ton of election crimes. And one of the most important things I could say is that Fannie Willis knows about those election crimes in Fulton County because we have three lawsuits against Fulton County. And she knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. she knows the evidence. She knows that Fulton County is involved right. and she has covered all this up uh, in order and in order to really protect Fulton County. It's such an obvious cover. I, I, I forgot to tell you the best part about the judge, the, the judge overseeing the case. Not only is he up for re-election in a county that he can only win if he is, you know, super against Trump. Mm-hmm. He uh, not only is a new judge; he doesn't have a background. So that one up there uh, who has all the January six uh, defendants, she get he doesn't have a background like that. But he he also uh, um, he he worked for Fannie Willis in the district mm-hmm. attorney's office. She she was his boss. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. And by the way, Trump is making a. Sp- statement right now i don't oh, know is if he? You want, oh yeah, yeah no absolutely let's see it yeah let's uh, pull it up oh i see it i'm gonna put it on screen right now thank you garland yeah so the, the judge overseeing the case used to work for the prosecutor prosecuting the case it's, it's just the craziest thing in the world you know all right here we go uh, speaking out again all right that uh uh, Trump's still walking towards the camera. Let's see if I can find a little bit smoother stream. And, uh, Channel 2 is going to. All right. Okay, here we go. Get this one up. Yeah. I'll probably throttle it. Uh, What's it? So, so he made... He made, he made the, the statement, the basic statement is that, you know, we have the right to challenge an election. Oh, did he make uh, it already? Uh, yeah, and he's already gone. So it was very wow. quick. Right. Um, and um, uh, that's exactly correct. Yeah. You know, we, we have the right to challenge an election. It, it's, a, it's a rewriting of history. Did yeah, and there was, a, yeah. there was election interference. And what we're going to talk about on Tuesday is all of the stuff that Fannie Willis covered up, all the election fraud that she covered up in mm-hmm. Fulton County. What, what, yeah, which is what, what kind of fraud did she cover up? I know there's the, there's the videos. and, and the, So every, every piece of evidence that is available that you, you showed us, they, they always have these, these rebuttals that they say are debunking them that the headlines say they debunk them. But the content of their debunks never actually debunk much of anything. Well, what would your statement be to that when they, they claim that they've debunked some of these things? Well, they haven't really debunked any anything. I mean, you know, the, this, the stuff that we have claimed over the years uh, is still true. Um, there's 17,000 votes that were certified in Fulton County for which there are no ballot images. Uh, we know that the Fulton County uh, electronically altered results before they certified them. I testified. But Garland, aren't those racist things to say? I've, I've testified. Well, that's so stupid. It doesn't even want a, a <laughs> I, know, I know. Um, you know, we're, they're going to try that. You know, just talk about that on Monday. Anybody right. that anybody that criticizes Fannie Willis for corruption, that's what they're going to say. I, I you know, saw in that in yeah, order to cover up the corruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the day after the Fonnie Willis thing, Trump defended himself, and I knew it was coming. But there was an article. I think it was Politico. Trump is racist for defending himself. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's so stupid. It's, it's not even funny. But the, those are a couple of the things. Um, we found seven falsified tally sheets um, uh, of, of ballots, uh, that uh, tally sheets that were falsified in the audit. Uh, they had 850 to nothing Biden votes on them. So um, uh, you, we've got, um, uh, you know, there's, there's Fulton County, there was uh, Zuckerberg money came in. Uh, 10, 10 million bucks came into uh, Fulton County. It increased turnout by 35% approximately. Uh, and then it gave, um, uh, net, netted uh, Biden and the Democrats 26,000 votes which decided not only the presidential race, but also the Senate race, which was uh, David Perdue was less than in about 26,000 short uh, of, of avoiding a runoff. So those are some of the things that we'll talk about uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and, and there's probably more. Those are just some of the things I can think of off the top of my head. Where can people watch that on Tuesday? Well, I can say they can look for a link up on VoterGA.org, um, the uh, event tab. We The press conference will be conducted live in Roswell. We'll give you the address, uh, 11 o'clock. I don't know exactly the time that we will stream it. Um, don't know if it will be um, either uh, delayed or if it will be live. Okay, great. And you also, I know that you had uh, – you organized some people where you guys, there was a, a voter meeting or a voter board meeting. Was it Fulton County where you had a bunch of people that everybody showed up and some people got up, they had the opportunity to speak. And I know you had some clips of that not, not long ago. Oh, you're probably talking about the state election board meeting yes, where 200 yes. people showed up and just swamped the election board. Right. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It had some incredibly articulate people. They all timed their remarks really well to the two-minute limit and got their points in uh, beautifully. There's another uh, one coming up, right? Uh, the next one will be in October. October, first of okay, October. I was thinking September, great. I think, so, I think it's the yeah. first Tuesday. So that's another thing people can do if they want to speak out against this is like October 1st. It, it, so these are like open – so the, these government uh, um, hearings or not hearings or assemblies they do sometimes that a lot of people don't realize they're open to the public and, and you can go and you can speak at them, which I think over the past few years, people have become more aware of that. And so all of these people came. I think I think they were saying that there's only, you know, a, a few people in Georgia who believe these election things. Uh, there's a problems with elections. And then you guys had like 200 people or something show up and say, no, we actually think there's problems and we'd like for you guys to listen to us. Yeah, that was Gabe Sterling claiming that it was just a tiny minority. Uh, and then three days later, we swamped the state election board with literally the room sat 200 people and there were people outside on the uh, in the hall and across the street. So I don't know how many were there, 250 or 350 of those spoke. It was great. Yeah, it fired me up, man. Like, I, I, I think I'm going to go to the next one. I, so I encourage other people to as well. So let me ask you this. I what is your opinion on the the so there was the GOP uh, uh, debate last night, which they were trying to bait Trump into going to. But why would you go to it? It's he, he's so far ahead. There's no reason for him. He's the star of the show. He's not going to go, you know, uh, uh, compete with all these people who are trying to get up to his level. Did you watch it? Do you have any thoughts on just what's going on with the people running against him? 
Uh, no, I, I really didn't watch it. Um, I, I read a little bit about some of the comments that went back and forth. Um, and uh, I, I really, uh, it's just pretty much, uh, you know, a bunch of also rands. I mean, when you really look at it, who is going to stand up for us against this deep state establishment, right. you know, other than Trump? So it, it's almost a moot point. I don't blame him for not showing up. If you're, if you already are polling, you know, 63% or something like that, why would you show up and debate anybody? Uh, just, just go ahead and, and, uh, and, and take it over the finish line. Right. There's no reason to. And so they have these candidates and they're half of them. I, I, I'd never heard of in my life. Like one of them is probably not how you pronounce his name. But it's ASA for, like I saw a sign that said ASA for America. I'm like, America's ASA. It's like, is uh, it yeah. So, yeah. So that's Asa Hutchinson out of Arkansas, which is very interesting. Uh, Asa w- was a former governor of Arkansas. He's very anti-Trump. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what is interesting about Asa is that before he was governor, he was, uh, I believe, the uh, U.S. attorney uh, in the state of Arkansas. And this was the same time that uh, Barry Seal was running the um, cocaine into Arkansas uh, as a CIA operation, and it was picked up <laughs> right. by by Clinton ground crews. Yeah, and Asa Hutchison was the uh, U.S. attorney who was so compromised that he was unable to investigate that. Is uh, that why Trump? So I don't know if you watched Trump's interview with Tucker last night. But Trump brought up Asa. That's that's why I want to get your thoughts on him. Because Trump's like, I call I call him Ada, and, and Tucker's like, Why do you call him Ada? And he's like, Well, I don't want to say. I just, but he knows. He knows. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that meant asshole district attorney or what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It, it just feels like all of these people have been planted inside the Republican primary for the most part. Well, to attack Trump and like Chris Christie, White Lizzo, uh, as people call him, Chris Christie, is there's no other reason that Chris Christie is there other than just to be a, a mouthpiece for CNN and MSNBC, which Vivek, some people say, he, everybody says everybody's a plant. I get it. But Vivek said the right things in, in, the, in the debate last night. He said all the right things. But you, you, can't, you can't go against Trump. You can't just attack Trump because people like Trump. And Vivek knows that. But like you have Chris Christie in there who is just, like people forget that Chris Christie literally killed somebody's 91 year old grandmother in, in 2013 over a petty fight uh, because of politics. And, and he's the most compromised person who'll sell out to anybody. And that's what most of this primary is filled with, I feel like. I, I wasn't aware about that. About Chris Christie? Right. No, so Chris tell Christie, me, tell us about yeah, that. When he was the governor of, of uh, New Jersey, he had some, it was like a political spat with one of his uh, arrivals. And the, I don't remember all the backstory and the details, but he was trying to do something to prevent something from happening that they were trying to do. So he shut down the, the, uh, the interstate in New Jersey. He shut it down for hours and nobody could move anywhere. And everybody was stuck on the interstate. And there was this 91-year-old woman. And it was, it was, it was really hot. It was, I think it was summertime. And it was sweltering. And... This family called an ambulance because something their grandma was dying in the car because they couldn't get anywhere. And the ambulance could not get to this woman. And she ended up dying because Chris Christie shut down the interstate in the middle of summer 
and, and because he was trying to get at his political opponent. It was, it was a big scandal back then, and that's probably one of the reasons he, ha- he has like a 4% approval rating in, um, in New Jersey. I mean, Chris Christie was polling at 0% when he first ran, and yet he gets all this attention. Who, who gets so much attention at 0% who's killed someone's grandmother unless they're getting paid off by the people who, who are uh, in opposition to, uh, to Trump or whoever? Wow. Well, that's an interesting story. Now, that one I did not know. Yeah, Chris Christie. You can also watch videos of Chris Christie at Cubs games, getting in people's faces and yelling at people. I mean, the guy is just an obnoxious sellout who thinks that he is a— I, I, I would be willing to bet that nobody in his personal life likes him at all. I'd be willing to bet that he's never had consensual sex in his life. It's always been forced. If I had to, I just allegedly, I'm just speculating. I'm not not making assertions here for anybody listening. But that's what I suspect about Chris Christie is that every time he's had a sexual interaction, he he's had to use his fist every single time. You've heard it first here on the propaganda. <laughs> I'm just report. speculating. I'm just speculating by the type of person he seems to be. I mean, he's just a piece of trash, man. And it's just so obvious that he comes out and. and he just says the talking points that he's got these scripted talking points. And so he said something very actually eye-opening in the debate last night, which he probably didn't intend to say, but he, his job was obviously to uh, pump up Mike Pence and say, Mike Pence did the right thing. He, he absolutely did the right thing by, by uh, refusing to, to uh, do what Trump was asking, which Mike Pence, they, they frame it as Mike Pence saying he didn't have the right to uh, go up and, uh, you probably know a better way to, I can't remember the law, but to um, to challenge the electors or whatever it is, or to accept alter, alternate electors. And Mike Pence very clearly says uh, um, it wasn't right to do that. It would have gone against the Constitution. If Mike Pence, in his words, he shows you that he did have the right to do it. And then so does the... Uh, uh, the, the law change afterwards, but they try to frame it otherwise. But Chris Christie spent half the time pumping up Mike Pence for doing the right thing, and the other half the time going after Vivek for sounding like Trump. And, and at one point, he, he started going at Vivek, and he goes, you've never done anything ever. You've never done anything to advance the interest of this government. And, and that kind of just kind of slid under the radar, and I'm like, well, that's exactly what it is. Chris Christie is there to advance the interest of this government not the interest of the people that the government is supposed to work for. I thought it was a very, like, I was like, that, I mean, that, that is revealing who he truly is right there because government officials are not elected to advance the interest of the fucking government. They're elected to advance the interest of the people who put them there. But Chris Christie has a different idea of that. Amen. And, and was that, who was he addressing that to? He was addressing yeah. Vivek, uh, the uh-huh. younger guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Pence and Christie were going after him because he's doing really well. Uh, right. And he's, yeah. he's almost caught up with DeSantis. DeSantis keeps tubing. Poor DeSantis, man. DeSantis is like, uh, you know, DeSantis is so socially awkward. That, like, I was watching DeSantis, and it's so easy to kind of poke fun at him because he— DeSantis to me feels like somebody who is just on the verge of losing his shit and killing three or four people that are in front of him to me. Yeah, it's just kind of how he feels. I don't know if you saw the video of him, but he, he was giving a speech uh, uh, maybe three weeks ago. And uh, um, he was like, yeah, uh, we got these deep state actors and we're going to start slitting throats day one. He kind of gestured at his neck and there's people in the crowd that were like, that was a little intense. But my, my thing has been like DeSantis needs to lean into DeSantis 2024 slitting throats day one. And uh, um, last night, he had these kind of moments where he, he just 
he, see, he seems too much. There's these stories about him where he used to go to Guantanamo Bay and enjoy watching people being tortured when he was in the military and he worked with the Navy SEALs as, as a JAG lawyer that all feed into this. Maybe, maybe none of it's true, but everything about his public perception makes you think that he's ready to slit somebody's throat any, any second. And, and it's just, it's unfortunate for him because he, had, he has really good ideas and stuff he did in Florida was good, but the way he presents it, it makes it very easy easy to take him down. Well, um, I mean, I, I think he was a good governor, but the thing that killed him was when he was asked whether or not uh, uh, the election of 2020, the presidential election was legitimate. Right. And he said, yeah, yeah, Biden won. Uh, there was no uh, fraud, errors, irregularities. And ever since he said that, he's been tubing. Uh, he's just been going down, down, down. I don't think right. he'll ever recover. From Does that, that baffle you that like that he respond? So this to me, I'm watching this stuff, and I see, uh, um, and I want to premise this with: I, I assume that everybody in these public forums, and, and it might not be true. I start with that assumption. They they have to win my trust, as opposed to me just giving them my trust. All of them, even the ones that I, I end up like, even Ron Paul, all of them. So w- when they say stuff I like, doesn't mean I, I trust them. But like I see Vivek, and, and Vivek. People are acting like the way that Vivek responds to things uh, when it comes to Trump and the things he says, they're acting like it's crazy and, and radical. And I'm like, no, that's like the most obvious way to, re- it's the simplest, most obvious way to respond to any of the, 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 the obvious corruption going on. What, what is the not the right way to respond, re- respond is the way that DeSantis responds, which is he hesitates when he gets pressured. And it, just fucking don't give a shit. They're going to pressure you. And just stick with your, you know, with what you believe. But it feels like the pre- either the pressure gets to them or, or whatever else. And then Vivek just says right away, like Vivek, they said the climate change thing during the debate last night. The moderators, and this is total bullshit how they do this. It's just, so, they just try to pin people on positions so that they can demonize them is what they do. It's fucked up and I hate it. But what they do, the question was, hey, uh, um, can everybody raise their hands that believe in climate change? And, and the premise of that question it just eliminates all nuance. It eliminates any real debate from going on and it creates a binary us versus them type of thing. And so people kind of like looked around and hesitate, you know, raised their hand or whatever. And then uh, somebody pointed, the moderator points to, to Vivek and Vivek goes, my hands are in my pocket. I think their hands are up. But to be clear, the, the agenda, the agenda is a fraud. And so he made that very clear, which he's correct about that. But no, it just baffles me that nobody else can do that. For, for whatever reason, I don't understand. I feel like that's the easiest thing to do is to point out that truth, stuff like that. Well, and he's probably one of the only ones on the stage that is pointing out truth. He's got some great ideas and thoughts. I just don't know if he could hold up oh, I, I, the, way, yeah, yeah. the way Donald Trump can hold up in oh, order to implement them. No, he's going to be his VP, I, I think. I think the VP race is down to him and uh, Scott. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. Or or Carrie Lake uh, out uh, of Arizona. Yeah, that's possible also. I wouldn't would count you, her out yet. Who do you think would be the best? Um, I I'm gonna reserve judgment on that. Right. It's right so hard now. to it's just uh, I like you know, I've met Carrie Lake. I like her a lot. Um I haven't met Tim. Um I think I did see Vivek, but I haven't met him yet. Um so I'll reserve judgment for right now. I tell you what, Carrie Lake could uh, uh, record like a uh, a fall asleep. Her voice is just so it's just so nice to listen to. 
that uh, uh, she could make a lot of money selling, just uh, talking about the corruption of the deep state. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and I could just listen to it and just sleep to it because it just soothes you the, the way she, she's being, she's very attractive. That also helps as well. A um, couple of comments here. Quest Fanning says throat slitter DeSantis. I, I agree with that. Like DeSantis comes off as a little crazy. He, he kind of does. He comes off as a crazy person trying to hold it in to me. So I say embrace the crazy DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, frighten me. 41% of the atmosphere, uh, planet life dies between, you know, the climate change issue. W- w- the truth about it is never gets discussed, whatever the, the, the actual pro of course we cause issues with the earth, but, but like, uh, um, nobody ever can talk about like the, the, the everyday practical things going on when it comes to that, because it's always Greta Thunberg and how dare you, we're going to, the earth is about to blow up and it's always a lie and it's always for some like Klaus Schwab agenda. It's so stupid. Yeah. I, Do you I like RFK? I, Are you an RFK Jr. fan? Oh, yeah. Um, so um, here's what I can tell you about RFK. So as about a year ago, he did the interview um, and I forget Mike Tyson was on there, but it, well, he wasn't the host. Yeah. Uh, you You probably are. Know about more about this interview than I do. I haven't seen it, but they asked him about his father. Yeah, and he got kind of emotional, and he laid out everything that went down at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, and what he said over the course of five to ten minutes there to talk about the whole assassination, point by point, everything he said to a T is was true. Mm-hmm. Um. Every single thing he said about the the number of bullets that were, um, they had extra bullets. Uh, The fact that his father was shot from behind at close range by the security guard, uh, who I think they had tracked down to either Malaysia or the Philippines. He's dead now. Uh, The fact that um, uh, Sirhan Sirhan was um, uh, CIA uh, programmed, um, uh, just a, a variety. He went through everything point by point and step by step of how the assassination took place. Um, and it's all true. I mean, I investigated yeah. that 30 years ago and I came mm-hmm. to the exact same conclusions. Of course, most of us did who looked at it, uh, and the exact same conclusions that, um, that, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did. And, you know, he didn't believe it at first. Uh, th- he had, and he ta- he tells this story that he had a close friend of the family, uh, kind of pestering him to look at the evidence, and uh, he didn't want to look at it uh, for a while. And of course, who could blame him after his father was murdered? But he finally sat down and looked at it, and he spilled his guts. He spilled it all out in that interview. Yeah. Um, and of course, he is, uh, he is, you know, basically canceled. Uh, as best they can. Uh, he's a real threat yeah. on the Democrat side. And if he was the nominee, uh, he would be attacked exactly the right. way that Donald, that Donald Trump is attacked. Wouldn't that be crazy yeah. if, it's, if it were Trump versus uh, RFK Jr.? They're, they're, they're just making the same attacks on both of them? I would love to see that. I just yeah. think that would be uh, fantastic because uh, you know that if one, one or the other won, it would not be an establishment person. Right. And I mean, I, I remember when the, the people who were questioning like 9-11 and were into conspiracies were considered left-wingers. 
and not you know right wing domestic terrorist. Yeah. So so it it's like they try and frame him as though as though he is the the, the right wing, and and he I mean he's he's running a very smart campaign. There's no doubt about that. He, he recognizes it's like. It's like they were born with that skill because you watch him do that, even though his voice has some problems. It's like, man, he's good at that. He's very good at campaigning. And I also think the I, I see this trend. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, there were these videos that he did where he took his shirt off and he's working out with somebody you know? <laughs> because he's showing he's like 70 years old. But he's in I mean, the guy's in good shape compared to Biden, who you see sitting on the beach with his droopy titties. And, and then and then and then you got uh, Vivek the other day is like, well, I'm going to take my shirt off, too. And Vivek's like playing tennis hardcore with his shirt off. I'm just wondering, when are we getting the, the Chris Christie shirtless exercise video? Um, if we're going <laughs> to. I don't think we want to see that picture. I don't either. I think That's that not a picture totally, uh, yeah, that yeah. I, I really would like to see. But, you know, uh, just to add to your point, I think it was Tucker Carlson that once said, you know, if this was between George, uh, Jeb Bush and Tulsi Gabbard for president, the media would be attacking Tulsi Gabbard like crazy, right. just like they do with Donald just- Trump. So it so it's not a Democrat Republican thing. It's the establishment it, it, right. and, versus and that's the a, people. Absolutely, that's such a key point to remember. And it's so easy to fall into, and I do all the time to fall into that trap uh, of speaking about the, the sides or whatever in this categorized way, which you know pro- propagates this idea that that they're against each other. When it, it should be all of the people who are overseeing all of those who are in charge, those in power, because that that's the best way uh, to to maintain all this. And they they want it. They want it otherwise. Uh, um, you know, Garland, I've kept you for a long time. I, I could talk to you forever. I, I, uh, I've probably kept you longer than, than you anticipated, so I apologize for that. But I, I appreciate you sticking around. Is there? Can you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can help you? So Garland, just to let you guys know, he never really – he doesn't ask for donations a lot. He doesn't ask for help. He just does really good work. And um, – so you want to follow this guy. You can see all the sensational claims and this and that. Garland's the guy you want to follow when it comes to the legit election challenges and what's going on. Sign up to his newsletter uh, at Voter GA. And uh, Garland, you do events sometimes promoting uh, what you guys do as well. And I know people can help out in different ways. So what all can people do? Well, thank you, um, Brad, for mentioning it. Uh, and by the way, Trump has just taken off from from the airport. The Trump ones on the air. Uh, but we we could go uh, first of all, voterj.org. If you want to see all of our legal briefs, they're up there. All of our press conferences on the event tab, uh, press releases are on the press release tab. All the information you need to know about what's happening in Georgia is up there, and it's been up there. You can you'll be, you know plan on spending a couple hours because you you'll find some of the things that we have done are just absolutely amazing. Uh, and then, of course, most importantly, Voter GA uh, is a nonpartisan nonprofit. All donations are tax deductible. And really, I think the most critical thing is that we do not take a salary. We are volunteers. I'm retired. I live off of retirement. And we're just all about saving Georgia which will maybe even save the country and who knows, yep. even, even the world at the way, at the rate we're going. You're so, not kidding, man. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, and thanks to the listeners. I know a lot of y'all have already uh, donated, but that's what keeps us alive because it's the small donations that don't have strings attached to them. Right. And that's why we don't have an agenda. 
we just try to do as much as we can with as many lawsuits as we can just uh, to try to get to the truth and to have honest and transparent elections. That's what we're all about. Right. It's staying connected to the truth, even if it's painful, which is what they use. So cognitive dissonance, that that mechanism where when uh, something that you learn, a piece of information that that, uh, undermines the reality that you perceived to be true, either when when that it's literally a physical pain in in our bodies when we receive information that changes our worldview. And, And what happens is people either they do one of two things. They either block it out and minimize it and their confirmation bias causes them to dismiss it and to just seek out information that supports what they what they would prefer to believe what makes them feel good or they embrace that little bit of pain and their worldview starts to change and then they open up to a, a more clearer picture of reality and for me that it's not an easy thing to do for anybody but uh, uh when you're going to look at actual facts that are presented about things which I can't say I can't point to anybody else in the country who actually presents facts like you do that the person can go and analyze. And I would remind people that they told us not to do our own research because it was racist during the pandemic, which is the most obvious sign of propaganda. You should do your own research when a government tells you that. Look at Garland's information and decide for yourself. That's all they're doing is they're presenting legit information. You're not going to find it anywhere else. So, Garland, thank you for being on the show. I, I, this whole thing, it, it's, I know it's designed to get people worked up, and it, it, it was effective on getting me worked up. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely it was. was. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, I appreciate you being here to ground me in, in facts and information <laughs> and steer people in the right direction on all this. So thank you again. And as always, you're welcome on the show anytime. So thanks for joining well, us. Thanks, Bankley. And we'll, we'll ground some folks some more uh, on Tuesday at 11 o'clock. So look for that uh, press and that media advisory will be posted tomorrow okay. um, on the events tab. And is that at your Voter GA Rumble page? Is that your um, well, uh, we think that's where it'll be streamed, but we're not sure. Um, we've had some issues with Rumble. We're looking at different platforms. But if you go to the events tab, it'll tell you where we're where we're streaming. It'll probably be on multiple places, and it'll tell you if we're going to do it live or delayed. Fantastic. Check it out, y'all. Thanks for watching. Uh, comments, thank you for the great info, Garland. Um, just watch Lizzo. Uh, watch Lizzo performance. No, I would not like to watch Lizzo performance. Uh, uh, but <laughs> I will. For the research, I will. But thank you, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks, Franklin. Thanks, Garland.